Hi, and welcome to Syrup Chops Gaming. I'm Tyler, and with me as always is Dave. Hey everyone, how's it going this week? It's going well on my end. It's going well on my end. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. This podcast, Syrup Chops Gaming, like going to a diner late at night, it's probably a terrible idea to take a shot of syrup, but you know what? We're going to do this podcast anyway. Yeah, uh, like we did when we used to take shots of syrup. <laughs> yeah. Why did we think that was a good idea, Dave? Because we couldn't drink. <laughs> okay, that doesn't really answer the question, though. <laughs> I know, but we're also the idiots who came up with the soda bong at a Halloween party one year. This is true. This is true. Yep, yep. yep. Oh. As we uh, learned, uh, Bubba Cola was a liquid. We didn't even get good soda for this. Uh, we got dollar store swill. So uh, we had Bubba Cola. Which is equivalent to liquid glass. Liquid glass, yes. <laughs> Not even just like molten liquid glass, just, you know, like glass shards that have been liquid. So it just would destroy your esophagus. But, uh, I mean, we had a lot of fun at that party. and uh, We did. Good memories. Good memories. I think uh, my crazy neighbor at the time had plenty of his giant inflatable... Halloween de decorations molested that night, but I mean, you know, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, wild and wacky teens, you know? Yep, yep, yep. I think we were in college, but I don't think we were out of our teens yet. I think we were yeah, all that, like I was, I was very careful. I was very careful with my words there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were, we were definitely still 18, 19, but uh, we weren't in high school anymore. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh but, but this podcast is not about reminiscing. This podcast is about video games. Well, it's also about reminiscing, but reminiscing about video games. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so let's do some modern day reminiscing. Dave, what have you been playing? Okay. Um, so for our listeners who have been listening, they know I've been playing uh, Scarlet Nexus. Uh, mm -hmm. I finally got through the first playthrough, which took about 30 hours. and. It was a bit of a slog at the beginning. And first off, I will fully start out with saying they give you the option at the beginning of the game to pick your character. But what they don't tell you is that really, plot-wise, you should go with the character Yuito, who's kind of the suggested one, but it's not explicitly stated. It's just the one that auto-defaults, you know, so, but I picked the other character, Kasane, and it's one of those where you got to play both stories to get the whole picture. Mm. And so there were parts of Kasane's story where I'm just like, what? This is kind of boring. What's going on? Had I played his story first, though, I probably wouldn't have had that problem. And also... Kasane is the harder character to play as. I, I will fully admit, I picked her because, well, I like girls. And if you're going to be looking at a backside of a game character, it might as well be one you want to look at, you know? <laughs> Just saying. Um, Which is why but, a million people play Metal Gear Solid for, for, that, for that two watermelon dump truck butt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, behind the booty shooty, as uh, Girlfriend Reviews likes to call it, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but she also fights very differently, whereas Yuito is a sword user, and swords, easy to understand. 
she uses throwing knives, which she telepathic, uh, telekinetically controls. And hmm. so she's very much a ranged fighter. And so it got to a point, though, in the plot, though, after probably about the two-third mark, where suddenly it just, like, this game went from, eh, to, this game has my attention now. And now playing through the other character story, what's nice is you can do a new game plus. And also they have given you some options with the new game plus. You can play new game plus, and it gives you every item that you had in your play previous playthrough. So there is a kind of a, one of those systems in place to build your affinity with uh, your party member characters by giving like gifts and doing like story based bond sessions they call it well to get gifts to give you got to trade in basically like monster parts and stuff you find in the environment but it gives you all that that you had left over so you can just instantly it's just like oh gifts are available in the store i want that one that one that one that one that one that one where it was such a pain in the butt to do it in the first round through you also have the option and the game even asks do you want to bring your character's level over from your previous playthrough? And mm. it says, if you do this, uh, you will completely unbalance the game, however. I'm to the point, though, where I just want to see the story. I'm just wanting to get through it. So I voted to do that. So I'm now two-thirds of the way through the game, and uh, I've probably added maybe like 12 hours to my playthrough. So I'm going through it at breakneck speed, which... I'm actually kind of enjoying, but at, now I'm really enjoying the story because it's just like, I know what that means. And <laughs> there is, it was, but a lot of that stuff in the beginning that I was just kind of finding uninteresting, that is more the focus in his story. And so it's just kind of like, oh, the focus for this character really wasn't supposed to be that crap. You were supposed to know that from your first playthrough. So now. And, it, and it's cool because it's a whole lot of the time where in my first playthrough as her, I was just like, why are we paying attention to this? And then it's like, the story keeps going. This is the problem. No, this is the problem. Actually, this is the problem. And then it finally gets to like, oh, crap. This yes. is how it all connects. This is the problem. And that's what I really enjoyed. And going through and filling in the gaps has been a lot of fun too. So, and from also, if I had played that character first, uh, Yuito, there is some, I, I don't want to uh, spoil it too much, but uh, superpowered shenanigans that would have probably come way out of left field had I played his stuff first. Whereas with hers, it's just like, Oh, I didn't realize this was part of the story. Okay, you know, because it happens in like chapter four, you know. Ah, okay. <laughs> For her, whereas when you're playing as him, she just talks about it in like chapter nine, and there's only twelve in the story in the in the game. So, but I've really been enjoying that now. But I am getting ready to be done with that, though. Uh, my only concern is that uh, part of it I do feel is padded to be a bit. You know, some of those artificial game lengtheners, I feel it's been padded to be longer than it really should be. I would have been perfectly content had this game been 40 hours, 
rather than I think the 50 it's probably going to turn out to be. I think it's about like maybe like 10 or 12 hours too long. That's my only complaint now. And I will also say that while you're leveling up, combat can be a pain in the butt at times. But when you're overleveled, well, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've been playing Back for Blood with you and Phil. Back for Blood! It. Loving it. Uh, uh, if Listeners, if you were a fan of the Left 4 Dead series, you should really get on it. It, it pains me to hear... Now, this is on Steam only, however, but that on Steam, Left 4 Dead still has more players than Back for Blood on Steam. Well, however, well, th- part of that's because they were selling Back for Blood or Left 4 Dead 2 for $1.99. Oh, well, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, though, uh, Steam doesn't track all of the console players for Back for Blood, and with all the cross platforming, uh, I can see there's probably a much larger player base. Well, and and, uh, and and quite honestly, I'm playing it on PC, but I'm not playing it on Steam uh, mm-hmm. because it's part of Xbox Game Pass. So I'm playing yeah. it through. Uh, so you know, a large number of PC players are just doing Game Pass because why not? It's so much mm-hmm. cheaper. Um, and quite honestly, right. this is one of those games where. I'll probably buy the game at a discounted price now just to make sure it doesn't go away on me. Exactly. Uh, I'm playing uh, on the PS5. Uh, I have found one new annoying thing about the PS5. I had to buy the PlayStation 4 version because at the store I was at, I was at a GameStop. Uh, they didn't have it, any of the PS5 edition version in. So, But it has a free upgrade to PS5. So I bought the PS4 version. Well, with a recent update to the PS5, what they have done is, in situations like that, uh, it will install both versions on your console. And I don't need an extra copy of Back for Blood filling up my hard drive. And Can't you just delete the that, second one? Yes, but it does that every time I insert that disc. I have oh. no way to shut it off. So I'm about ready to go buy the PS5 version and sell my PS4 version just because I find it that annoying. Because otherwise, every time I have to delete it off the system. And it's just like, stop that. I have the PS5 version. And your your storage is already limited on the PS5. Now, luckily, I have an external hard drive that I just put my PS4 games on that's like 2 terabytes, and that's still got plenty of space. Now, it is downloading it to that. But at the same time, I, I don't need it on there. You know, I'd rather that go to something else. And I think it's like, what, like 40 gigabytes worth of material? And it's just like, yeah. uh, that's 40 gigabytes that could go to something else. So that's the only thing that's bugging me about Back for Blood. And that's on Sony. That's not on the Back for Blood developer. But as for the game, I am loving it. Uh, uh, I just... Uh, it is so glad to have, it really is, in truest definitions of the word, a spiritual sequel to the Left 4 Dead series. I'm so happy to have that back. Um, I love having basically like special infected that are kind of hybrids of the old classics. Like we get a lot of that seem to be twos mixed into one. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, and what's even worse is that we still call them by the uh, the old names, and it's like Boomer over there, but it's just like, well, we know what that is. So, right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, just like I mean, the new Stinger variant, which is basically a mix of the Hunter and uh, oh, what was the ass the, the Spitter from uh, Spitter, Left yeah. 4 Dead Two? It's like a mix of those two, and it's just like, oh, crap. No, the uh, liquor. Or was the liquor a different one? The liquor was from Resident Evil. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, so it was, it was just great to have, you know, this back. Uh, I've read some articles, though. Like, I was reading one article, and it was just, like, and every time, inevitably, the comparison comes up for Left 4 Dead 2. And I was reading one article, and the guy was like, the reason Left 4 Dead is better by comparison is that Left 4 Dead fully embraced its B-movie roots, whereas Back for Blood takes itself way too seriously and I'm just like... Oh, I'm sorry. Did he not the hell up? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did yeah. they not play the level with the jukebox? Because yeah. that was camp at its finest. No, I will admit there are some dark moments because we were playing last weekend and Phil comes in, and we were in the area with the woman in the, the RV. RV. Yeah. And she's talking about her husband going to sleep. Please don't wake him. And Phil says, I feel so bad for this woman. And I was looking around. I'm like, why does he feel bad for this woman? And I look up, and you know how they have in an RV, they'll sometimes have a bed over the driver and passenger seat area? Yeah, there's a dude's dead body up. And so I'm putting the visual storytelling together, like, oh, that dude's dead. And then I put, oh, so Phil, you meant the uh, the dude here that's dead, right? And Phil goes, oh, that's way darker than I thought. I thought she was just talking to the plant like it was a Wilson volleyball thing for <laughs> Fast and Day. And I'm just like, <laughs> which would have been even funnier, actually. <laughs> Oh, but, you know, I, and I love visual storytelling elements like that. Just sometimes I'm rushing through a game and I don't see them, but then other times it's nice to slow down. It's just like, oh, there's some, there's some good stuff here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that was a happy one. And, and I know some people are like, the characters are annoying, and I'm just like, I, three quarters of what Holly says, I'm laughing. At. <laughs> yeah, I, I, find, I find their dialogue to be quite fun. Yeah, a witty banter. It's like a Marvel movie for me, you know? That's what yeah. I want. Uh, the only character that I'm not a big fan of is... I think his name is Alejandro. Okay. The 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 new guy. The the, the kind of younger guy. Oh, yeah. Group. Yeah, like the, the default one they give you. Yeah. I, I haven't I, played I, too much as Jim either, but at the same time, his, his thing is just he seems quiet. That's it. Yeah. Now, Mom... Oh, is. mom, that's great. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I want mom to play Sarah Connor in the new Because that's the vibe I get off of her. But, now, uh. Now, one thing I like about. The, yeah, and one thing I really love about these games that has a leg up over uh, the Left 4 Dead games is the card and the modifier system. That is, I think you said it the best. You 
because I thought, you know, when I first started, you and Phil had been playing it for probably about a week longer mm-hmm. than I had. And you were just like, oh, it feels like a natural progression system. And I started playing, and I just thought your cards, I thought they were going to be like um, Titanfall, where they were going to, after the, you know, the round was over, they were going to go away. No, they nope. stay with you. <laughs> So you were just like, yeah, it makes it feel like you're actually having a natural character progression. I was just like, wait, they stay? Holy (laughs) crap, this is awesome! And say what you you will about the negative modifiers, but I feel like that adds tons of replay value. Oh yeah, because nothing's going to be the same. And nothing is more horrifying than when you get the fog modifier. Oh, the fog modifier. Oh. Especially on that level, we played it on because that sucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also this started. Already gone. Out, yeah, and then there was one where like uh, it was night and it was a power outage was the modifier and that sucked too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and really, I can only think in Left for Dead. Uh, there was only, and it was only in the second one. There were a couple scripted levels where it was like that. Mm-hmm. And if I recall, it was kind of like a swampy area. And as part of the missions, it was like level two. You went through that uh, level one direction. Then the storm hits, and then like the very next level, you've got to backtrack through it. But now it is raining, and there is zero visibility, and like there's a crap load of witches running around, and it's just like, Oh, this would have been cool, you know, if this like randomly happened as opposed to like a scripted event. So I'm excited to see what they come up with DLC. I'm fully on board. As Speaking soon as they of announce which, the first thing, I'm probably going to be like, see them pass, click by. <laughs> Speaking of which, I have the roadmap in front of me. Oh, nice. Let's hear it. So coming November, uh, we have a couple of updates, uh, mainly their quality of life improvements and major bug fixes. December, and mind you, what I'm reading right now are all free updates. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, December, we're getting all new features, including new supply lines. Supply lines are essentially what you do, uh, you you spend your resources on to get new cosmetics, new cards, sphere decks, etc. Especially new cards so far. I've gotten very few. I would like more cosmetics, if I'm being honest. Ridden practice area. Oh, nice. Yep. And a holiday seasonal event. (laughs) <laughs> uh too bad now, they couldn't start out with a halloween themed event but yeah now dave you're gonna really I mean, like that you're gonna really like this one yeah solo offline with campaign progression oh nice nice uh, they're also adding a new card type and all new cards in december excellent in 2022 oh. they are adding a new difficulty even though uh baby but baby mode is what we're still on right now <laughs> we're still on baby mode yeah um new player cards oh, new excellent. corruption cards oh, new nice. co-op mode oh uh, melee updates and quality of life improvements and then right. the first expansion which is part of the annual pass is coming in 2022 mm-hmm. which is called tunnels of terror okay and it and it basically looks like it almost looks like the nesting room from Aliens, where they had all the eggs, or from Aliens. Oh, where they all... oh the, hive? the hive. Yeah. Okay. 
So in that, we are getting new cleaners, which are the playable characters. Yep, I'm looking excited getting, for that. We're getting new ridden, which are the new Excellent. zombies. Excellent. A new activity type, new weapons, new cards, and exclusive skins. And then in 2022, we're also getting Expansion Pass 2 and Expansion Pass 3. Excellent. You know, if that leads it to where it basically becomes an expansion pack, kind of like, you know, like a, like an Iceborne to Monster Hunter World, that is well worth the price of admission, in my opinion. And that expansion pass is what? Only that uh, season pass is only, what, 40 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. That would be well worth the price of admission for me. Quite honestly, yeah. if they if they had a solid uh, stream of new content, mm-hmm. I'd be cool paying sixty bucks. Yeah, as I long mean, as long as it's constant and you get as much content as you would like the base game. Just mm-hmm. in the big thing is it has to be new levels and new mm-hmm. gameplay modes and just things that mix it up. I like this model. I think, mm-hmm. and I think having it on Game Pass is. A really smart idea. Yeah. Again, I know well, you're really not big was. on game. I, I know you're well, not you, big you, on game pass. I, I would prefer to actually own it. Uh, but but uh, for the cost-conscious gamer, this is keeping the number of players online up. Yeah. And incentivizing them to buy the expansion pass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm not discounting. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's a pre- personal preference. You know. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right when you say for the cost-conscious gamer. Yeah. Uh, if you can't, you know, buy multiple games a month, like, you know, like I, I can fortunately do now if mm-hmm. I was so inclined. But, you know, for the longest time, I couldn't. Um, and But they didn't have anything really like this around six years ago when I was struggling. So, uh, and, and so, you know, maybe something at that time probably would have been more uh, up my alley, but... You know, times have changed. I'm doing much better now, so I don't really need that. But uh, I can understand why someone would, really. That would be appealing to them. Now, Excuse me. So, so I've got a question for you, Dave. Yeah. Uh, so back for Blood. Uh, what would your thoughts be on if they had uh, characters from other properties in it as playable, like... Uh, Cleaners. And if you were up to that, who would you want to see? You know, I'm not opposed, but at the same time, I really kind of like the world that they have built. And in some cases, I would rather them focus on making that as awesome as possible than bringing in some guest characters, which I sometimes feel is just kind of a cheap marketing tactic to make buck. Uh, That's kind of one of my frustrations with Mortal Kombat, uh, which we've spoken about, is that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fun if it's just like one character, but the fact that we've gotten so many, especially in Mortal Kombat 11, and it's just kind of like, why in the hell is this character in here when you have such a cool back roster? Um, that's what makes me mad. Now, on other games, though, where that is the point of the game, I don't care. Smash Brothers, you know, it's the Nintendo fighting it. Yeah, it's still very much Nintendo's thing, and Nintendo really only invites characters that they really kind of have a history with. Uh, 
there have been a couple exclusions for that, but then really it kind of got to the point with Ultimate that it seemed like they didn't want to do so much as do uh, uh, Nintendo games, the, the video game. They wanted to do video games, the video game. And so hey. that's why we got some uh, kind of crazier picks, I felt. I don't think we're going to ever see that again, though. No. I think Ultimate's going to be quite... It is Ultimate. So would I be opposed as long as they don't oversaturate it? I would be fine. Um, like we could maybe, what I would do though is I would keep it grounded in uh, their lore. I wouldn't mind so much if it was just like, oh, it is this world's version of said character. Like, uh, clearly, I'm a Transformers fan, ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. if you can't see all behind me. And what they've constantly been doing is. Uh, they keep reinventing the reinventing the Generation One characters, but what they do is they will bring in characters that have since been developed, but bring them in and make the G One version of that character. Uh, with the new Toy Series, I'm very excited. Actually, uh, they are now making G One versions of Bulkhead and Knockout from the Prime and uh, animated series, but they kind of got the blocky G One look. Nice. If they were to do like characters like that, but do like the back for blood version of that character, and it's just kind of, oh, it's you know, you're playing as Killian Murphy from Twenty Eight Days Later in Back for Blood, but it's the Back for Blood version of him. Nod, wink. I'm fine with that, because that would be kind of like I, I would love to see him do it with like some classic horror movies like if it might be kind of fun to have you know maybe they pull in uh, maybe they pull in some of the characters from like dawn of the dead or uh night of the living dead and you you get barbara you know from uh, mm -hmm. night of the living dead as a character but it's the barbara that exists in the back for blood universe so which, okay. which would make it fit in you know i I would love to see uh, Tony Todd from uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake in uh, <laughs> in Back for Blood. That would be fun. Um, but, you know, there's other games, though, that do this, though, and uh, it's just... I don't want it oversaturated, but at the same time, if they can do it correctly, I'm fine with it. Like, if we got, like, one expansion and it's just like, Okay, so you can have this special mission where you can play as Jill Valentine and you're being pursued by the nemesis. And they just do that one, I'd probably be okay. So let me ask you this. Would it be better if it wasn't the actual character, but you just got their costumes? That I would be fine with. If it's just costumes, but it's still the character, that I'm all for. You can, you can blow that out of the water because cosmetics are always optional. I'm perfectly fine with that. Nice. And I mean, I even love that in other games. Like uh, Street Fighter V has been, has finally gotten to be the game it should have been at launch, but they're adding in a lot of silly costumes. And so you got like the Capcom Classics collection, which is you got Cammy dressing up as Jill Valentine. You've got uh, uh, Jury dressed up as Lilith from Darkstalkers. But they're just costumes. Ken yeah. has got the Rathalos armor. Yeah. 
And uh, Armika, I believe, has the Kirin armor, you know, just silly yep. stuff like that. That's fine. Yeah. No, I wouldn't mind seeing that. That would be, that I would be okay. Yeah. One last thing before we get off Back for Blood here. I want to throw a pitch out here, Dave, because... Okay, well, here's the thing. Are we going to continue talking about Back for Blood because of... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, but... Stuff? Yeah. <laughs> okay, before we get to the winers, I'm going to throw a pitch out here because okay, okay. I love I love Back for Blood. But, yeah. you know, it is a relatively legitimate criticism that, you know, it's it's like Left 4 Dead. So mm -hmm. how do you make a Left 4 Dead Black for Blood game that isn't about zombies? And I've been thinking about this. And here is what mm -hmm. I want, Dave. Okay. I want a four-player survival game in a robot apocalypse. Futuristic. <laughs> so so you want a Terminator game, huh? I see. Yeah, <laughs> yes, but, you know, it doesn't have to be Terminators. I would love it if mm. it was, like, drones and tanks and futuristic weapons, you know, but still... You're just on foot with what you can pick up. I want it to be where you play as a five-year-old child fending off other five-year-old children in the Cooties apocalypse. <laughs> and you were literally like fighting with Nerf guns and like and like baseball bats and stuff. And it's just, you know, it's not like a zombie infection. It's Cooties, you know. I think they actually did a dumb movie about that. So but, I, know, I'm... I'm gonna say Just something embarrassing. Just make it embarrassing. really silly. That's what I want. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something embarrassing here. It took me until my 30s, Dave, to realize what the circle, circle, dot, dot. Now I've got my cootie shot is. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I just realized what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. that's what I want. Okay, we going on to the whiners? <laughs> Let's talk about whiners. Uh, so, apparently, uh, with Back for Blood, as much as we love it, with anything that is awesome, there are going to be complainers. And I know this week they released uh, one of the first patch fixes, updates to the game. And with that, uh, there's been some... Yays, there's been some yays. Um, one of the things, though, that I didn't realize, apparently special infected were spawning at a rate that they were not supposed to be. Like, way much more than they were supposed to be. I didn't know. Never understood. You know, that's just kind of been like, uh, it's a zombie apocalypse, and there's millions of them. Yeah, it's probably going to be like that. So... But apparently they also modified the damage output and like health on some of them. So now some people are like, the hardest difficulty is too hard. And I'm just like, it's a hard game. Uh, we're still on baby mode. And <laughs> there were, were two times last weekend where it's just like, okay, I'm dead. I'm dead too. Dave, you still alive? Yep, just run to the exit. <laughs> How much you want to bet the people that are complaining that it's too hard are also the ones that say don't give an easy mode to uh, the the uh, Dark Souls games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're talking about we can't beat this on nightmare mode, so we're just gonna give up for a month until they fix it. And I'm just kind of like, uh, look, dingaling, it's called nightmare mode for a reason, you know? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and, and and honestly, it's balanced out. They mm -hmm. do more damage, but they're not spawning as many of them, so you're not getting swarmed. Yeah. 
It, and it's, I mean, it's called balancing the game. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes they'll get the balance wrong. And you can say, oh. hey, this is upsetting a little bit, but don't blow it out of the water because yeah. they listen and will patch it the right way. Talk to anyone about any fighting game. And, yeah. and Turtle Rock has already addressed it. Just like, okay, we've heard you, you know? So, so they are aware of the situation, but at the same time, let me take a note from the book of Dark Souls players and just say it how it is sometimes. Get, Get good. good, scrub. <laughs> Whenever I'm playing video games in front of my wife, uh, if I lose a match or something, she's like, Tyler, why don't you just get good? <laughs> and then I will jokingly, I'm... jokingly, jokingly say, go get me a sandwich. <laughs> You're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> That's when she uh... reminds me that I'm the, the cook between the two of us, and then I go make her a sandwich. Oh, I get you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have you been playing anything else this weekend before we get on to the main topic? So there's a few things I've still been playing. Uh, Still been playing Hollow Knight. Uh, I started up, uh, I haven't gotten very far yet in, um, uh, why am I blanking on the name of it? Uh, uh, Undertale. Oh, okay. I really enjoyed Undertale. I'm I'm enjoying it thus far, but I I, I want to get a little bit further before I report on that one. The game I have been playing this week, though, mm-hmm. that I want to give a quick report on because you're probably not going to care much about it. Okay, is Forza Horizon Five? I have been seeing that you've been playing that, but but you know me in racing games. That's like if, the genre that I never got as good as I would have liked in it. And and I want to preface this: the Vor- the Forza Horizon games are much mm-hmm. more arcadey. Than the Forza Motorsport games. Okay. It is a visual masterpiece. Mm-hmm. What they have done graphically with this game, even on the Xbox One X, is <laughs> astounding. I get you. The, the skybox is gorgeous. The gameplay is top notch. It does not drop a frame. On the One X. Now, the, on the One X, it plays at 30 frames per second. Mm-hmm. I get a solid 72 on my PC when I'm playing it with my uh, 49-inch ultra-wide monitor. Nice. Oh, my God, Dave. It is the most gorgeous thing. <laughs> I don't know how they did this Warlockery, but I will say that uh, Playground Games, mm-hmm. I am very much more comfortable now with them doing Fable. Okay. Very cool. Um, if you get a chance, just look at some gameplay of it and go ooh and ah. It's 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 graphics porn. It's what it is. It's graphics porn. Ah, <laughs> uh, I got you. All right. Well, I am excited to hear what you think about Undertale. I will say though, that game is not long. That is like a five-hour game. So okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm about an hour in. So okay, yeah. Um. Before we go on to the main topic of the episode, there is one more controversy that I would like to talk about. Oh, jeez, what the Pokemon cards do now? So, no, 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 it's not about Pokemon cards. Oh, but it is about Pokemon. Oh, I guessed correctly. <laughs> Actually, the Pokemon cards have treated me very well. I got my Charizard. <laughs> uh, anyway, have you heard any of the kerfuffle about Diamond and Pearl? The uh, briefings coming uh, out. 
Uh, I've been hearing some complaining that they're more remasters than actual remakes. That's what I've heard, but that's been it. For the most part, that's true. So let me kind of dive into it here, because I think there's some really interesting things that I want your perspective on. Uh, and and full warning here, this will contain spoilers about the game. Uh, mm-hmm. This will contain spoilers about things that are happening in the new game and the one that came out 20 years ago now. The original yeah. Dawn of the Pearl. So, Is the DS came out that long ago? Ooh. Just about, <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh. the, DS came, the DS came out when... Uh, we were still in high school. I think it came out right no, no, no. as we graduated. Right, right as we graduated. You're right. You're right. But we, you were showing me the news articles in like our junior year. I do remember that. So, so 15 years ago, Dave. Yeah, not great. <laughs> okay. So, the game is eight gigabytes in size. Okay. Mm-hmm. The cartridge has four gigabytes on it. Okay. There's a day one patch that finishes the game. So if you were to get the game and not connect to the internet, you mm-hmm. would have a worse soundtrack. You would not have any of the post-game stuff. No. Uh, you wouldn't even have an intro screen. It would just go straight to the game. Okay, odd. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like it's becoming very hot, but for the for mm. people like yourself who want to be collectors, if the apocalypse happened and you can't access the internet anymore, and you mm-hmm. just had the cartridge, you have an inferior version of the game. Well, I would f- hope... I would have hoped Nintendo would have invested in maybe cartridges with a larger capacity size. No, 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 no. The cartridge can hold more. Yeah. It just doesn't have it on there. It just does not have the rest of the game on there. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's and it, it is... And it, it's a substantial difference in soundtrack dave okay um Hmm. and like i said none of the post-game stuff none of the uh legendary pokemon that you can catch post-game which Mm -hmm. they have added quite a bit a lot of people were really upset because they were hoping for more of a pokemon pokemon history real fast here there was diamond and pearl and then there was platinum which was essentially the special edition version that added a lot more stuff uh including a battle frontier with a lot of post-game battle type stuff okay, okay. Yeah. um there was none of that in this game and in fact even the teams that you could get mm-hmm. were remakes from diamond and pearl where platinum was the much more difficult one mm. okay okay so people were really upset because the game didn't have any of it the patch has come out now even though the game hasn't come out yet officially yeah that patch is a godsend in terms of adding content Okay. Because it gives rematches for all the gym leaders, hmm. uh, two g- uh, rematches for all the Elite Four, one making it their platinum teams, which I'm very happy mm-hmm. about, and one making them freaking god level. Cynthia, <laughs> the, the champion. Yeah. Level 82 to 88 for all of her party members. Max EVs, max IVs, held items. <laughs> It's going to be a gauntlet. Nice. Yep. Well, they have add they have added all of the legendaries up mm-hmm. through Diamond and Pearl. Including catchable in game, Mew and Jirachi. Mm-hmm. I did hear about that. So I'm it, thinking it would not surprise me if Nintendo um 
try doing a platinum uh, expansion in some regard. Whether they do that as downloadable content, I don't know. I'm wondering if what they're going to do, though, is a similar situation like they did to the Fire Emblem Fates Special Edition. Now, with Fire Emblem Fates, it was you either had to buy Birthright or Conquest. And then to get, like, the actual story, which is the third DLC campaign, you had to download it. And if you wanted the other game, you either had to buy the other cartridge or download it for like a discounted price. Or if you were lucky, like me, you could get the special edition, which had everything on the stupid cartridge. So I didn't have to do that nonsense. And it's making me wonder if in a year from now, when they're, you know, uh, they're really working on like the post-game content and DLC, if they won't do something like that, and they will actually have a platinum cartridge. Because have they really had, in recent memory, a third game? Because that seemed to have been their pattern for years. They would do the two main, mm -hmm. better enhanced third version. And it did, you know, red-blue, yellow, uh, gold-silver, crystal. Crystal. Um, Ruby Sapphire Emerald, Diamond yep. Pearl Platinum, uh, mm -hmm. and then you had um, Black and White, and then followed with that, they broke tradition a little bit, Black 2 and White 2. Yep. Yeah, but they did direct sequels. Yep. Even, I remember, um, for Pokemon X and Y, they had trademarked Pokemon Z. They just never came out with it, and I think that's when that, that tradition kind of ended. It kind of. It, so, let me kind of fill in the gaps here a little bit. Okay, so that generation, sure. they did that generation. They didn't do Z, but they did Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, which mm -hmm. added a, all that content that would have been in Z, including new Mega Evolutions. Yeah, that's true. Um, so kind of then, doing the kind of doing the direct sequel mentality. So it makes me wonder if they're going to do like that with this, but I don't know. Uh, Nintendo, I love them. They are absolutely beautifully creative at times, but when it comes to business decisions, it, it always seems like they are stuck, you know, 30 years in the past in, in some regards. Now, in some other aspects, you know, they're very much at the forefront of the art, but the business, uh, and it's just kind of like, uh, oh my gosh, could we stop listening to the, you know, crazy conservative Japanese members of the board, you know, stuff like this. So I want to throw one more thing out here. One more kind of controversy with this game, okay? Sure. So for every other Pokemon game coming up to this, there's always been two versions, mm -hmm. but the actual code has been different for each one. Mm -hmm. This game, it is the exact same code. There's just a flag telling it in the code, this one's uh, Pearl, this one's Diamond. Oh, I see. I got you. <laughs> so they have, if I bought Diamond, Brilliant Diamond, it has Shining Pearl on there, but I can't play it. Mm -hmm. I see. Are they, are they double dipping too much by having the two versions this time? You know, back in the day, I could understand it a little more because the idea was to trade and mm -hmm. do all of that but it and i still understand why they do that now but with the advent of the internet trading 
with like a link cable that doesn't count. <laughs> no, it's all online. Uh, it, yeah, actually, the majority of my training happens on my iPhone now. <laughs> yeah. So, in some respects, you know, heck, they probably could at this point now just release one version of the game. But, you know, it might be, you know, just one package, but you might be, you know, might be a surprise what you get in the box, you know? Now, that would probably tick some people off, you know, but, and it's just like, oh, the new Pokemon game came out. Which one am I going to get? Oh, I got the purple version. Neat. <laughs> See, I, I want to take that one step further. I want, to, I want it to be whenever you start a new game in the game, because you can only have one save file. Mm-hmm. It randomizes likelihood of Pokemon, where they're at, and which ones you can or cannot get. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that, that would be perfectly good. And, and they've kind of done that kind of stuff before, especially with, uh, what was the butterfly Pokemon from X and Y that literally based uh, on your geographic location had a different pattern on its wings? Yeah. Uh, Bazillion, I think. I, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I can't remember the name. <laughs> what? There's close to a thousand of these guys now. I'm not going to remember them all anymore. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I mean, it's okay, but it's just like I mean, they've done stuff like that before, so you know why not do it again? Oh, I live in the Midwest America. I'm going to find Midwest America's Pokemon. That works, you know. That would be great. That that's actually um, a really cool idea. Hey, Nintendo, you can have that one for free. <laughs> uh, I wish they would do that with uh, some of the regional variants, like uh, mm-hmm. the new games. Uh, Sword and Shield are based in on Great Britain. I'd love it mm-hmm. if uh, you did an evolution while you're physically in Great Britain. It would do the mm-hmm. Galarian evolution. That would be cool. That would be uh, cool. But, no, yeah. Nintendo, get on that. You can have that for free. Just name uh, an Elite Four trainer, uh, Dave, and name another one, Tyler. <laughs> and and make him look like us. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. All right. There we go. So before we get into our main topic, let's take a quick break for our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Syrup Shots Gaming Podcast. Like going to a diner late at night, taking a shot of syrup. It's probably a bad idea, but we're going to do it anyway. If you like this content, please leave a like, comment, subscribe. You know that usual general stuff that people ask you to do. Uh, What's that? You want to leave us a review? Fantastic. You can leave a five-star review, wink, wink, at uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get this great content. Thank you for choosing to listen to us, and we look forward to bringing you more dumb content in the future. Main topic this week. Yes. Urban <laughs> legends and video games. Urban legends and video games. Uh, a, t- a tale as old as time. You'd be on the playground and someone would be like, Psst, did you know about this? And the video yes, games? That, now, video game urban legends aren't as prevalent as they used to be because with the advent of the internet, uh, the truth, or more lies, you know, is just a Google search away. <laughs> it's true. But, uh, uh, but I remember the playground days of yore, uh, trying to talk through some of this stuff. Uh, and I remember also video game magazines either adding to the problem 
or not so much. And so we're going to talk about some of those that we remember for from our childhood and uh, uh, just just some of the stupid stuff we tried to do and or thought was real is just <laughs> like in so, retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go back a little bit here because uh, really this all stems from Mortal Kombat. Because a lot of it, yeah. Because Mortal Kombat actually had something that turned out to be true, which was Reptile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So once Reptile hit the scene, everyone was like, anything is possible. Because to get Reptile, I believe it was uh, Double Flawless Victories all the way up to the pit stage, and then uh, Double Flawless, and then a Fatality on that stage. If a shadow was in front of the moon. If the shadow was in front of the moon, or just in general if you were playing the Super Nintendo version because it was wonk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then furthermore, I, I think that was inspired actually by the crappy original translation of Street Fighter 2, because in it, one of Ryu's win quotes was, you must defeat, uh, to beat me, you must defeat Sheng Long. And people were just like, who or what is Sheng Long? And really what it was was just, just a really crappy translation of uh uh Yuken, which is his dragon punch mm-hmm. uh and so people were thinking starting to think it was a character and then what happened also is further along one of the instruction manuals to one of the home console versions said Shen Long was Ryu's teacher so you know there's just people are like trying to find the secret character Shang Long and then it doesn't help the video game magazines as April Fools jokes are like oh how right. to fight Shang Long so i think Mortal Kombat was just like what if we actually did that <laughs> and so and hence we got reptile and then the rest was history mm-hmm. uh and then street fighter did eventually get in on that with one of the revisions of 2 which made Akuma, the uh, secret boss character that you could fight. And, uh, yeah, you know, it just, things have since, like, compounded on that. And, but back then, without, you know, the internet to tell us how to do these things, it was always word of mouth. And, or you're, that one kid who had an uncle that worked at Nintendo that, you know, wasn't really that. (laughs) I want to grab something really fast here to add to this. Okay. Um, But, just some of the stuff we had. So we're going to talk about a couple of the many different uh, myths of gaming. But uh, okay, so, what's, what's your show and tell? So this show. is my old school uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 strategy guide. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. And Now, this was the cheaper version. It did not have as much stuff. Oh, I remember I had that one, too. <laughs> but someone at school did and gave me the codes for the three hidden menu cool stuff with a k cooler stuff with a k and scott stuff okay and that would Um, unlock uh it would unlock shao Kahn. it would unlock mortaro's playable characters uh one button fatalities it was that's the kind of craziness things that you never think you're gonna see Mm -hmm. um so I know you wanted to kind of start off with one that I, I really hadn't heard this uh, myth so much. So uh, you go ahead with that. So the myth is around Super Mario Brothers 2. And I'm talking about the US one, not the uh, 
the Dark the Souls of Mario one. games. Yeah, yeah, lost <laughs> levels. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, the the myth I had been told because you know that was a Mario game, but you couldn't get Fire Mario. Mm-hmm. Was you could get Fire Mario, Fire Luigi, Fire Toad, and Fire Peach by taking one of those potions into a level with a Birdo and dropping it at the top of the mountain, and there would be one up there. Huh. But I you never had heard to that one. Mm-hmm. And you had to do it without taking any damage, and you like had to sneak in from the back because there was a way to the top of that from the back. Um, All right, but there was no way to get a potion up there. Uh, to get a door, and I uh, I tried for oh so long, longer than I'd like to admit, mm-hmm. uh, because I thought that would have been the coolest thing ever. I yeah that that would have been cool because you're absolutely right there. The power ups there really hardly were any in Mario Two, well U.S. Mario Two, because of the uh, you know the throwing system, you know. Pick up and throw the turnip or the bomb, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really only had the, uh, the super mushroom and uh, the star man. Uh, yep. So, you know, that was it for power ups. And then, but also each character had their own individual abilities. Yeah. Um, the video game myth that I constantly remember. Now, there were some that I fell for, but the one that I, I remember distinctly trying. They relate to Pokemon, because when the first two games came out, you know, rumors were bound. And I remember t- mm. distinctly, too, that I tried to get, uh, to do, and uh, so lots of our older listeners will probably know this, but for some reason, in isn't it right next to the SSAM? Is that the yes, next but you can only get to it if mm-hmm. you get a Pokemon that knows uh, Surf. Yeah. Surf. And mm-hmm. you could, because if you go through the SSN and get cut, you can't go back there again. Yeah. So you have to get so, a Pokemon that knows cut from a trade, go through mm-hmm. the game to get Surf, and then come back. Yes. So... But what it is, is there is, for some reason, an asset, a graphic asset on uh, off to the left of the SSN. There's like well, a little landmass. And if you have a Pokemon that knows Surf, you can get to it. And for some reason, there is a truck there. And only vehicle in the game. Only vehicle in the game. Exactly. Uh, unless you count the bicycle, but... Um, but for some reason, it's there. And the myth was, back in the day, that if you had a Pokemon that knew uh, its strength, right, that pushes stuff, mm-hmm. you could push it out of the way, and there would be a Pokeball under there that would have Mew in it. And I tried, you know, I, I, I went around every angle of this stupid truck using strength to push it out of the way. It wasn't budging, and so you know, eventually it just gets to the point that you realize this is crap. It's interesting that it's there because you know, why is it? Um, but that was the biggest myth, and I think they revisited that in um, Fire Red and Leaf Green years later. And I think they put a potion that you could find next to it if you actually were able to. I, I might be misremembering so. that, but uh, I think so. Uh, they also had it in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, but again, nothing there. 
Okay. Now, the one that I distinctly remember, though, and again, curse you, Electronic Gaming Monthly, because they were one of the worst offenders when it came to magazines perpetuating the rumors, because oftentimes they would make up their own BS to put in the magazine. And it was always their April Fool's joke. It was always in their April edition. Now, that didn't necessarily mean, though, that the magazine came on April 1st. So, And April Fool's Day is a holiday I don't think about hardly at all. So I remember distinctly, seventh grade year, they came out with an issue. And the, the cheat code in it, the featured one, was that if you had a Dragonite, and I believe it was a Firestone. If you went all the way in the end to the cave uh, where you can catch Mewtwo and you got back on his platform, you could use a Firestone on Dragonite and evolve him into Yoshi. Didn't he have from... to be a level 102? Yeah, it had to be something crazy like that. But... You could evolve them in the ocean. And they had pictures and everything in the magazine, and the sprite artwork. It looked like, you know, because the sprite artwork in the original Pokemon was a bit. <laughs> this doesn't look like the illustration. So, you know, you see Yoshi and it's like, that doesn't look. Yeah, it's Yoshi, but that doesn't look like the illustration. So I'm like, oh, it must be real. No, and it wasn't until the next month's issue. It's like, did you like our April Fool's Day joke? And it's like, no, it made me feel like the biggest idiot. And I fell for the practical joke for uh, April Fool's, it seemed like a lot. And I remember one of the others, uh, a couple years before that, their big thing was that you could unlock Akuma in, in Resident Evil 2, all right, as the uh, fifth hidden character. And it was like some crazy unlock requirement. Like you literally had to beat the game using the knife. And, and you know, and like no deaths or what like that. But then uh, it would show like a cutscene and Akuma bursts out of one of like the incubation tubes for one of the tyrant creatures. And you could use this fireball and stuff. And again, they had screenshots that looked really real. And it's just... And so, and I didn't have Resident Evil at the time, but, you know, I would talk to people, and it's just like, hey, I got this magazine. Yeah, it says you can unlock Kuma in Resident Evil 2. Trying to find out that's just absolute garbage. Another one of their uh, lovely pranks. Uh, and, and just stuff like that. It's just like, you're not helping gaming. You're making it worse. <laughs> right. So, one Pokemon rumor that I remember uh which was kind of perpetrated in the games themselves was that you can get moves on pokemon that they couldn't learn mm -hmm. or that they could evolve earlier than they should be able to mm -hmm. and that came from lance's dragonite okay so lance's dragonite in red and blue knew the po the move barrier mm -hmm. dragonites don't learn barrier okay uh, and he also had a Dragonite that was like level 50-something, where it doesn't evolve into Dragonite until 65. So it had done two things impossibly. So there was rumors all over the place like, yeah, man, you gotta level up while you're in the cave where Mewtwo was. Or, yeah, man, you've gotta beat, you know, 
70 Mewtwo's and online battle, or not online, but latent cable yeah. battles. <laughs> just just uh, crazy things like that. Uh, and, and then there was the dumb stuff that people, honest to God, believed. And uh, because we were the perfect age demographic for it, some, of, some people I know did buy it hook, line, and sinker, but the ever-infamous nude code for Tomb Raider, which or uh, supposedly the, existed. Yep. Or the nudalities for uh, Mortal Kombat. Tomb Raider, though, now that we can look back with retrospective, this was PS1 era. All, yeah, you, would, yeah. all you would unlock would be, would be pyramids. They would look like yeah. pyramids. <laughs> what's even funnier is that in the second game, uh, for for giggles the developers they didn't put in a nude code but they put in a code with after a specific set of movements lara would freaking explode she would jump up all of her polygons would just blip you know in a boom and then they would scatter around all around and as they hit the ground they would explode and it's just like a complete middle finger to the nude code and it's just like Oh, you guys want nude codes? Here, restart your game, dum-dum. You know? <laughs> and, and it was even worse. You had these cheat code devices. I specifically remember them because I had, I had Game Pro Magazine and Electronic Gaming Monthly for years. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I think my parents were just happy I was reading something. So they were very happy to pay for that me until i hit about you know like my freshman year of high school and then it's just like uh david you need to pay for your own money with this stuff and it's just like, <laughs> we'll only pay for one I, i'll keep nintendo power <laughs> and uh so but one of the devices they were advertising was a new cheat code device uh it wasn't game shark uh but it was one that specifically it had an ad, and all you saw was a ponytail that looked... It was a woman clearly walking off a white blank page. You okay. saw the ponytail that was clearly uh, Tomb Raider 2 Lara's. You saw the curvature of a buttock and then a leg. And then, like, the ad for it, it was just, like, a new cheat code device. I don't, I don't even think this stupid thing came out after this ad came out, because I think... IDOS sued them into oblivion, most likely. Probably. But, but they were just like, the new cheat code device is allowing da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then I remember specifically the tagline for the stupid thing was, oh, and by the way, those nude codes, we're working on them. <laughs> what? <laughs> Lies and slander. Y yes, yes. Uh, and, and again, it, it's so just because how horned up teenagers can be at times, but again, PS1 graphics. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's just so stupid in retrospect. And it's just like, and you, you I remember playing Duke Nukem at my, uh, my aunt and uncle's house one time and cousin had it though. And he was significantly older than me uh he was well into his teens almost graduating high school by the time i was like 12 and we were talking about video games and we were talking about, yeah dad managed to get us a copy of uh, duke nukem uh from a 
uh, one of his work buddies. Now, Dad had gone on, though, because Duke Nukem, PC at the time, had a parental mode where you could go in and shut off a whole list of crap. All the fun and stuff. And he just... All the fun stuff. So he had Duke Nukem, and he's just like, oh, if you guys want to play, I got it on my computer. He did not have, you know, parental mode on, and I just remember that, like, blowing my mind at 12 <laughs> years old. It's just like, pixelated boobies, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, and just, oh, uh, but it, in retrospect now, it's just like, this looks like garbage. <laughs> Right. It's kind of like the Family Guy episode. Hey, Chris, there's two rocks outside that look like boobs, you know? <laughs> uh, so I remember that one specifically. I'm trying to remember other... Uh, so another big, another big one was Melee with Sonic oh. and Tails. And Electronic had... Gaming Monthly was responsible for that, too. Yeah. They were just... Now... They, were just they just saw the future with that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nintendo actually went, hey, what if we <laughs> decided to Did start this. making video games video games? Um, I do know, I'm pretty sure, probably 90% sure, though. But, you know, what was it? Like, you had to defeat, what, like 20 opponents in Cruel Melee? In Cruel mode? Melee, which, yeah. for, for, for our younger viewers, if you are mm -hmm. any, uh, mm -hmm. Cruel Melee... It lives up to its name. It oh, was yeah, it, it was relentless. If you mm -hmm. could KO five people, you yeah. were god tier. You were yeah, you were a legend player. Um, but I do know I think that they had ticked off enough people. Maybe ticked off enough people, or what they did though was they actually then held a contest and uh like the next month, and it was if you actually could. Uh, KO 20 people in Cruel Melee and send in a screenshot. They would send you like a copy of um, I, I think Sonic Adventure 2 uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle? Was that it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was coming out soon and I think they would send you a copy of that. So, I mean and that's one thing. If it's a silly thing and then it's just like, oh, it was actually part of our contest. We actually managed to do it. You know? There right. you go. That's fine. But at the same time, I, I do distinctly remember because it was a little bit before. It was a bit before the time I had reliable internet. And so, you know, I remember talking my freshman year of high school. Uh, wait, no, it would have been sophomore year. It was sophomore year of high school. And, you know, hey, you can unlock these guys in, uh, in Smash. But it was before, you know, like. We had the really reliable websites that we have now, and we had message boards. Yes, we had message boards, and message boards was how I found out. Uh, I remember when Melee came out. Uh, I was hanging out with uh, our old friend Adam, and we were just enjoying the game. And it was still at the time though where the internet in my home was spotty, uh, you know, and it was still a dial-up connection. And so, uh, God help you if your parents were on the phone, uh, your landline. Uh, but I got on and found the list for characters that were going to be secret in Melee. And I just remember being, at first, kind of disappointed because I'm reading this list 
And I think it was just slightly before the game came out. I'm thinking maybe someone had gotten the Japanese copy. Mm -hmm. So I remember reading like Roy, Marth, Mr. Game and Watch. Who are these people? And I'm just others I'm reading. I'm like Young Link, Pichu, Mewtwo. Okay, that makes sense. But then I read those three and I'm like, okay, this is BS. And I distinctly remember I finally got Melee. I was so excited. I was playing it with Doug downstairs. And it says, new challenger approaching. And it's Marth. And it blows my mind. (laughs) No idea who this character is, but it's this blue-haired swordsman dressed like a complete badass. And it's just like, you know, me and my brother were talking, who is he from Castlevania? Does Nintendo own Castlevania? I don't think they do. And and then finally it's just like, congratulations, you have unlocked Mars from Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem! I have heard of that. (laughs) But it was just one of those things, it's just like, oh, that's one of those brief mentions they've had in Nintendo Power. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, that's that game that never came out in America. And then I'm just like, I remember immediately thinking, you know, like, maybe there's a secret character we can unlock by playing as this character. And so we do that, and I know my parents are screaming, dinner time! And Doug's like, come on, David, we gotta go for dinner. And I'm like, okay, you go up there and stall. Just stall. And then sure enough, after I beat uh, with Mark, we got Roy. And it's just like, who's this guy? Also from Fire Emblem. And then I had to go up and tell my brother, I was right. There was another character. Who is it? Roy. Who the hell is that? <laughs> Roy's our boy. Yeah, Roy's our boy. And, you know, now uh, we have. Well, I don't know if we have ever gotten the one that Roy was particularly in, but we now have the remakes of the original Fire Emblem. They've re released it, uh, the original on the Switch. And really, that burst the Fire Emblem fan base in America. And it was just, you know, some of those playground rumors. And that's that's one of the cases where it turned out to be true. This this website wasn't pulling my leg. And then when I finally saw what Mr. Game and Watch was, it clicked. And I'm like, ah, you got me. And then the more I played at him, the more I'm just like, oh, this is the Jigglypuff of the game, the joke character. You know, the one that's just in there for fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that was that was so much fun, and I remember also for the arcade. We were talking about the nudalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the, you know that like there were some rumors for like a, a switch on the back of the arcade machine to get some of that crap, and, and it doesn't help that uh, Midway Games at the time because Ed Boon is king of the trolls. Uh, he, oh, 100%. He, he is literally like a goblin king in his throne in Chicago. And I know he was, you know, he would uh, insert stuff into the games, you know, like uh, there was like, you know, for like Mortal Kombat 3, uh, the, the secret character was Cyborg Smoke, right? For Mortal Kombat, Ye- vanilla Mortal Kombat. 3. Yes, yes, yes. And I think he would drop down on occasion, and he would be like, Ermac who? <laughs> Just like, you are Tusty! <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. 
So there were definitely fun times to be had, but at the same time, you know, like trying to turn Dragonite into a Yoshi did make me feel like a significant idiot at times. <laughs> and it's just, uh, right. uh, you know, the stuff we would do or try. And then there was other weird things that you could find out. Uh, I distinctly remember uh, Tips and Tricks magazine. Uh, that one is not around anymore. Well, most gaming magazines aren't. But what was funny about Tips and Tricks, that was uh, Larry Flint Publications game magazine. So, you know, Penthouse Magazine's video game right. magazine. And, you know, they would put in uh, a lot of stuff like that, too. But what was cool is that most of their stuff was pretty vetted. They knew what they were talking about. So one time they found out a way that in like Super Mario 64, if you took the game cartridge and tilted it ever so slightly that it was like half plugged in, half plugged out, Mario would literally like fall halfway through the floor <laughs> and start sliding around and stuff. They, they even mentioned in the magazine, they're like, he looks like Robin Williams in the quicksand scene from Jumanji where the floor just sinks in and it's just, and they had screenshots and stuff, and then they had a special edition where it's just like, oh, all of the naughty cheat codes, and then it was just like actual real stuff that had been hidden in games, you know, by like the developers that was never supposed to be found. And so like there was one cheat code, and part of it was because also some of the stuff back in the day, they didn't want the developers to put to have their name in any like kind of credits. You know, because they didn't want to. So oftentimes they might get around this by uh, hiding their names as, like, stats and stuff, or as other characters listed on the side panels of the arcade machines. And I know one of them, like, got ticked off enough that he hid. It was, I forget what the game was, but it was just, like, after you played a level, there was kind of this G.I. Jane-looking character, you know, kind of buxom, kind of really cute-looking, and just be like, good job! And if you had had, like, a certain number of settings on the arcade toggles, her blouse would become progressively less and less and less until it was just, you know, for all the world to see. And he was just, he had, like, forgotten about it until his children found it by accident. He's oh, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I forgot I did this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. And it was just kind of like a big, another big middle finger because they were so upset. Like you know, yeah, they wouldn't let us put a, a, a you know, a, a game creator screen or credit scene in the game. So yeah, I, I, I made it so the game could potentially get banned. <laughs> nice. Uh, I do have one more urban legend that I want to talk about real fast. Okay. For, and and I think this one is a great one to kind of end it on here. Okay, it's not one of the stupid creepy pasta ones that we haven't discussed, is it? Okay. Nope. Okay, because we could talk about the haunted Majora's Mask cartridge and other stupid stuff like that. Or how the Lavender Town music in Pokemon made people want to kill themselves. Oh, is that the one you want to talk about? No, 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 That that's oh, another okay, one. That... But yeah, you're right, that was one of the stupid ones. No. Or the haunted Majora's Mask one, you know, Ben Drown, and then come to find out it was just like some guy's crappy web series, you know, fan fiction that he made. No, the urban legend I want to talk about is one that every kid believed, Dave. Everyone. Even if you don't, okay. if you know if it's not true, you still believe it. 
And that do is we still do it to this day. No, because we don't use cartridges anymore. Oh, uh, <laughs> blowing well, we into the cartridge. Yep. And, and I actually now know what um, what it is. We thought that blowing the cartridge would clean out the dust, and in some aspects, yes, that is true. But the likelihood uh, of the game cart of dust actually causing uh, an outage of your game is minimal. It was actually pretty minimal. What it was is because, and you've seen it, uh, there's literally like a grip inside the system, and when the cartridge goes in, it clicks in. On that grip are all these metal tabs. All of those connections have to connect and be solid. But the problem is, when you've got kids just, you know, shoving the game in, those are going to get bent out of place. Yep. So it wasn't so much cleaning it as it was the pulling it out and putting it back in rapidly that, oh, we touched all of them this time. Let's go, you know? And that's one of the reasons why I'm also glad I have a top loader console because that made it better. Not perfect, but better. But better. Yeah. Um, and one of the other things was Nintendo also had that as part of their lockout technology chip. There was like a series of four of those pins on there that if they did not connect, uh, they would think, oh, this is a pirated copy of the game. All right. And so, uh, or, or something along those lines. And then the thing about the top loader was it got rid of those four pins. So, you know, it couldn't tell if a game was copy pirated or not and stuff like that. And then, and, and it, more crazy stuff, but then, like, basically, like, another company posed as, like, a Nintendo licensee and got the uh, the uh, copyright and uh, patents to the lockout information so they could bypass it and make their own cartridges by posing as a Nintendo. It, it, it is crazy stuff, just some of the, the crap they would pull back in the day. But, yes, blowing in your Nintendo cartridge did not help, and in some cases, people have said that it actually could make it worse because the moisture from the spit in your breath could corrosion. cause corrosion. Yep. Yep. Because let, let's be honest, kids, we na we were nasty. We were yeah, just. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. The best way to describe a child, Dave, is one word that makes everyone cringe: moist. <laughs> moist yep i when i taught the little kid i taught k one two and four for two years and you know people would be like oh kindergarten that must be so cute no they're not no nope. they are not after the first two weeks when the parents stop trying to dress them up to to impress the the new teacher they're not cute anymore you know they're just they're nasty little disease goblins they the snot runny noses are just oh my god, it is so gross. And you know, and then you're just like, yeah, and that was me. <laughs> Blowing in the Nintendo cartridge, snot boogers, everything right in there. Yep. Good times. <laughs> good times. Good disgusting. times. Disgusting. Disgusting. We we killed many a Nintendo game with that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah.
All right. Now the answer that. is rubbing alcohol in Q-tip. Uh, that is true. Well, Dave, I think that's another successful episode. Very much so. Uh, anything coming up you want to talk about? Uh, I finished my arms painting, so I'm now working on Tron paintings. So nice. paintings, it's going to be one, but I've done it in multiple pieces. And I've done it on several small canvases. So it kind of looks like a pixelation kind of thing. And I'm just going to hot glue them all onto one big canvas. And then after that, I have decided on my next painting. Um, I originally had one idea. I have decided to put that one on the back burner for a while. But uh, I have an art piece. And it's because I've seen this done online uh, that I did in high school, actually. Okay. And you you probably remember it. Do you remember when I drew all the Nintendo characters playing poker? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to redo that piece as a painting now. But now with all of the almost 20 years worth of art experience I have now on top of that and nice. redo it. And uh, so that way I can be like, this is the 2003 version. This is the 2022 version. Because I'm probably not going to get to start it until probably January. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. And I can always post this on our Facebook page if you all want to come see us. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, one thing I am going to start uh, next week is I'm going to start a Let's Play series. Uh, I'm going to be doing Berlin Diamond Shining Pearl with my first ever Nuzlocke challenge. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but good luck with that. <laughs> yep. The The hardest part is, well, I don't even think it's going to be too hard because the game does force an experience share to be turned on. Mm -hmm. So every Pokemon will constantly be uh, leveling up as I play. Okay. But I, I am curious about what type of team I'll get, what, uh, what names I'll have for them, what heartbreak mm -hmm. I'll have. <laughs> and if I if I'm lucky, if I'm really lucky, I'll get our buddy Joel to watch as I'm playing and react to it. <laughs> oh, that'll be comedy gold. <laughs> oh, 100%. So yeah, Joel, yeah. if you if you watch this, I'm calling you out. I need you on this. <laughs> I, I, and if if you need to have a tall boy in hand, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, but until next time everyone, game on. Game on, everybody. Game on! <laughs> Game on! <laughs> Come on!